When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Dom Giordano on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. It is Dom time. Welcome in. Great first hour. A lot of fun. A uh, guy just sent me a wine binder that I had to open here during the break. That's what people don't get about talk radio. <laughs> it's a club. It's a club. What's a wine binder? I just have it open here. He calls himself the godfather of wine gifting. You got to open something like that. There wasn't any wine in here, but I'm looking around for it. It might be in the bottom of the box. Where's the wine? Yes. It's just a... Yeah. Mark, you call yourself the godfather of wine gifting. Well, they are giving wine. Uh, You can do that, Tom. You can bring it over. All right. Mark Hemingway, you hear often on the station, great writer and analyst, at the uh, Federalist is usually where I read, Mark, but I've read him in other, I think, Real Clear Politics, a bunch of other places. He's got a piece up about Taylor Swift, and he knows what can happen because he diminished Taylor Swift a bit, saying, eh, she's no Bob Dylan. And the British tabloids, among others, went after him. Mark joins us here on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Mark, thank you. Thanks for joining us. Big fan of your uh, work. And why did you uh, cross swords with Taylor Swift and the British tabloids? <laughs> well, I just wrote a piece uh, um, saying that I, I didn't think that Taylor Swift deserved quite the reverential treatment she was getting in the media. I mean, it's one thing to be a pop star, and I, you know, I don't have anything against that per se. But it was really amazing. She got so popular last year that, like, the New York Times and the New Yorker and all these, you know, self-styled intellectuals were writing these pieces like – you said, you know, treating her like she was the second coming of Bob Dylan rather than, you know, a pretty middling songwriter uh, who, who didn't quite deserve all this energy and attention. Um, and, you know, even for saying that, of course, you know, the Swifties weren't too happy with me. Um, and I got a lot of, uh, you know, negative feedback or whatever. But uh, I still stand by my musical and cultural judgment of her not being worthy of quite the level of attention that she's been getting. And you put in kind of a cryptic line, I understand it now, something to the effect that uh, she's an example of the decline of the culture. Maybe that got them going. Societal decline, yeah. I think that's true um, for a couple of different reasons. But one of the main things that was focused on in that piece, funnily enough, and this is the thing, of course, you know, I spent a lot of time on this piece and no one really focused in on was uh, just as a musical matter. I mean, the stuff that she writes is just incredibly pedestrian. It reuses the same chord changes over and over and over again. I mean, you know, the the ears of the average, you know, radio listener in terms of like what they've learned to be conditioned to, you know, like and respect just keeps getting dumber and dumber and dumber. They just keep basically serving up the same songs over and over again. You know, whether it's Taylor Swift or Olivia Rodrigo or some of these other people, you know, when you, you go to listen to pop music, you're hearing the same you know, chord changes over and over again. And it's, 
you know, compared to what pop music was, say, you know, in the 80s, I mean, it's it was so much more sophisticated. Okay, so now you take a look at the carnage of this week, because we all know that woman, <laughs> for example, for America, uh, One America Network, she's going to be quoted as if she's not some kind of deranged outlier about pro football, Taylor Swift, et cetera. But as the voice of all these conservatives, so are you contending not as many conservatives certainly are going after Taylor Swift in any manner like that? Well, there's this whole thing going on online right now, and it's a very online conversation. And like I'm starting to spill out a little bit into the broader conversation just because people are using it as a cudgel to bash conservatives or whatever um, about how, uh, you know, People are speculating that all this attention from Taylor Swift and, you know, her relationship with Travis Kelsey, you know, uh, and the Chiefs um, is part of this, quote unquote, psyops, you know, which is, you know, uh, an army term for psychological operations or whatever that that has some sort of political goal of like mainstreaming Taylor Swift's appeal or whatever so that she can endorse Joe Biden in, in the election and sway things politically. And the whole thing is, you know, look, it, it, it's one of these things that's like on the corner of the Internet. It's kind of like, you know, funny to talk about. And I do think that there is a generalized anxiety among, you know, all Americans at this point in time about, you know, conspiratorial nonsense, you know, affecting their daily lives in terms of, you know, post-COVID and all the other things that we've seen where the public's been lied to. Um, but, you know, this is just kind of absurd. And it started out as funny and, you know, people you know, triggering or whatever and, now, you know, people are pretending like this is a real thing that people on the right believe. And I see, like, basically no evidence of this. Yeah, exactly. That uh, put it to there. So here's the thing. With that as a backdrop, you cite a New York uh, Times columnist, too, that I like that uh, broke this down. I don't know if we differ or not. I see more power, though, if Taylor Swift endorses Biden in, I don't know if I'd use the term full-throated, but more than just what she did in 2020, Mark, because we've seen it here in Pennsylvania, the Philadelphia suburbs, in the uh, Oz race, particularly around abortion, what happens. And these are disengaged voters, even in a presidential race. If she gives the finer points of Biden or something about Trump that moves them in these tight races, I could see her making a difference. Well, part of the thing about this being a you know conspiracy is it's not really a conspiracy. I mean, Biden, the Biden campaign is publicly floating in the New York Times that they, they they're they're desperate to get Taylor Swift's endorsement. She endorsed him in 2020. She went after Senator Marsha Blackburn in Tennessee. I mean, Taylor Swift is a Democrat, and if she comes out and endorses Biden, it's not going to be a secret to you know or surprising to anyone. Um, and you know, I don't know. Maybe that will sway people um, to some degree. Like you say, there are a lot of low information voters out there that, you know, maybe, you know, are are impressionable when it comes to sort of thing. But, you know, the point of my original piece and the point of this second piece <laughs> is basically boils down to one thing. It's like I didn't write this. I didn't write a piece trying to attack Taylor Swift so much as point out that we should not be ascribing this much cultural, let alone political power to, you know, random celebrities that, that you know, haven't earned it and don't deserve it. Um, and so the idea that we're even having this conversation about Taylor Swift in a political context is just, you know, absurd to begin with. And if we were a serious country that cared about, you know, serious things and we, we had a real, you know, moral and ethical framework for evaluating our politics or, or determining what is good art or, or what is not, we wouldn't be talking about any of this. 
I mean, it's, it's totally insane. Um, and uh, the only thing I will say, though, is that I do think it is unfair that whenever this, in these crazy conversations about conspiracies or whatever, you know, spill out um, on the Internet, all of a sudden it's used to bash conservatives, whereas in people on the left believe crazy conspiratorial stuff all the time, and that's just a normal part of the discourse. Um, so it's, it's a little absurd for conservatives to be bashed about the Taylor Swift thing, given all the other nonsense that liberals have said. Have you thought of anything uh, with Kelsey now, and particularly with the Pfizer thing and the vaccine, or does that get us even deeper into this pit? As far as this is why people are reacting to it. They see politics all over the place with this. Right. Well, I mean, again, that's that's part of the problem is that, you know, everything has become political in this country, and partly because nothing's functional. But um, like, yeah, for instance, the Pfizer thing, you know, Travis Kelsey took $20 million to endorse COVID vaccines, you know, on the heels of all this crazy stuff that we've seen about, you know, them lying about the vaccine's effectiveness and you know, the origin of the virus and on and on and on. Like, don't get me wrong, you don't pay someone $20 million to be a spokesman for something that controversial without understanding that taking some of the heat for that is you know, going to be priced into it. And I think Travis Kelty had to know that. So, yeah, um, you know, there are all these elements around here that speak to a conspiratorial, you know, aspect of things. Do they, you know, speak to this broader idea about Taylor Swift being a political psyop? You know, I don't know, but there's all this stuff around the margins that does make people go, huh, like what is going on? Um, because you know, there's a lot of lying to the public. Now, I, I do think it, it is true that um, um, I, I do think it's true that, uh, um, you know, there was a lot of mainstream talk about, you know, the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey relationship being um, a, a conspiracy initially. Um, people forget about this. People kept there's all this. You know, open talk and, and big name liberal publications about how, oh, well, is this a public, publicist arranged relationship? Because, you know, Hollywood does that. Sometimes. Yeah, Rock Hudson or something here. Yeah, let's right. get out of here. Yeah. Right. There was a lot of mainstream talk about that. And that was purely conspiratorial nonsense. And no one batted an eyelash at it. Right. So you don't get to talk you know, about conspiracies involving their relationship for a month or two. And then when conservatives say, hey, maybe there's something conspiratorial going right. on here. Go, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's crazy talk. Well, Marco, let me bring my producer, Dan, and he and I have had, I wouldn't call them heated, they were good back and forth on the air and off air about that. (laughs) The fear of some conservatives dwelling on Taylor Swift, is your advice to let it go, don't pay attention to her, or do you have to keep an eye on her, but just be calm in what you say about this? As we build my, up. My, my point, Tom, was yeah. that I, I feel people are being driven to the polls. Like, my, my wife is a Swifty, yeah. Mr. Hemingway. And I, I just, I, I feel like this is getting to the point where conservatives are becoming cringeworthy to a degree that it might drive people to the polls to just vote in spite uh, uh, of their treatment of Taylor Swift. Like, do, do you fear that this going overboard against Taylor Swift can actually just in itself hurt conservatives leading up to the election? Oh, sure. Uh, I, I agree about that. I just said, again, I don't see any like substantive evidence that large numbers of conservatives believe this. And that's what's frustrating about having this entire meta conversation about it, which is to say that if there is a psyop here, there's a psyop to convince people that conservatives believe there's a psyop around Taylor Swift. <laughs> you, you have a rant. You have a handful of random influencers, you know, granted, you know, guys with decent sized audiences saying this stuff because it's edgy and it's fun and it's what people do on podcasts and what people do on corners of the internet and everyone's pretending that's the mainstream conservative position when it's clearly not no i agree with you on that uh, mark where do we find your stuff uh, which days of the week regularly at the federalist 
And I think real clear politics. Or where did we find Mark Hemingway? Uh, the Federalist dot com and yeah real clear politics and real clear investigations i don't write you know like a regular column or anything but you know i'm sure out content regularly mark thank you thanks very much and uh we'll see when we get closer to some kind of endorsement uh what you think <laughs> then it's an honor to talk to somebody that the, why the british tabloids though? why would they come after you on taylor swift i don't know just the daily the daily mail smell blood in the water oh, I okay. guess, and the crazy okay. thing they ran my picture and everything. It was, it was really nuts. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Mark. Thanks very much. Thank you. All right. Uh, oh, I got to take this one right now. This is a classic Joe of Eckstein moment. Today's side question, Dan. Someone deceitful. Uh, today is uh, National Serpent Day. Someone deceitful. Someone snake-like. Real or fictional. Let's go to Joe in Eckstein on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Joe, good afternoon. Uh, yes, hello, Don, and good afternoon. My example of blatant deceit is Delilah betraying Samson to the Philistines. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we didn't have to take that one off the board. We're not going to hear that from anyone else. Joe, why does that pop into your mind? Uh, you biblical scholar, what is that one about that's uh, very deceitful? Well... She was betraying herself as being loving to Samson. But in order to gain an advantage with the Philistines who controlled the area, she deceived Samson. She betrayed him to the Philistines to get an advantage from the Philistines. All right, Joe, we got you. Thank you very much, Dan. He never fails every day like clockwork. <laughs> that is outside the box. Okay, uh, coming up, 855. He called in as himself today, though. I was expecting him to call in as yes, Earl Robert Cody after calling right. in as Robert yeah. Taylor yesterday. You know? All right, coming up, 855-839-1210. This is the start of Black History Month, and I've seen in at least a few publications already today on opening day, like at Axios, as Black History Month opens today, educators are having to wrestle with increasing limits on what they can teach about racism and history. That's the big lie. That is a lie. You can absolutely teach about racism in history. So I want to know, if you uh, were running a school or seeing a school or your kid's school, wherever you are, what is it that you think is in bounds and what's out of bounds? It's also an historic day of heroes. Four young African-American males who didn't stand up to protest. They sat down at a Woolworths lunch counter. I believe it was in North Carolina, not South Carolina, and uh, suffered horrendously but moved the needle on race by sitting down at the whites-only section of the lunch counter. That's what we ought to be talking about and showing the evolution of America to where we are today. All right, 855-839-1210. That's how you get in on Talk Radio 1210. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. 
Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. All right, it is uh, Dom time. Again, thanks to Leslie. Thanks to Dan. Frank went and got the pizza. Jim is sampling it in there. We'll hear from him later on. But today is the beginning of Black History Month. So I'm looking at Axios and several others. You're going to hear this drumbeat. They're somewhat blaming DeSantis, but they're blaming Republicans in general. As Black History Month opens, educators wrestle with increasing limits on what they can teach about racism and history. New laws in at least 14 states and various restrictions elsewhere are leading many teachers to simply mention important figures in black history without getting into the racism they face. Well, it's not true. What I object to, what if I could channel it, you object to, listeners and others, is not talking about the racism of various eras and certainly slavery. It's about critical race theory. It's about saying how it continues today, how it's baked in. America is still a racist country. Having little children have to feel uncomfortable. That word is used in here. Uh, Having people be told that they're the oppressor because of their skin color and another group of children are victims because of their skin color. That's what we object to. How many ways can we spell it out here? Under Governor Ron DeSantis, Axios writes, Florida has been among the most aggressive in limiting what educators can teach in 2022. DeSantis signed a bill that effectively prevents teaching certain concepts related to race, national origin, or sex that could make students uncomfortable. Here's that word again. Why in the world are we going to set out to take kids trying to learn something in school and make them feel uncomfortable? Do I think a kid is going to feel uncomfortable if they hear age appropriate about the history of the country? No. But if you impute to them that because of their race, their skin color, they should feel uncomfortable now, then I'm going to be over there and so are thousands of other people. That's ridiculous. What did those children have to do with any of this? Well, In the grand scheme of thing, it's all baked in. And we're trying to make them uncomfortable to do what again? Who would want to do that to kids? Who in their right mind wants to go about doing that? 855-839-1210. So they interview a middle school civics teacher in Miami-Dade County, Florida's largest school district, 
And she says to them, uh, how am I going to teach about the 13th Amendment? How am I going to talk about the end of slavery without acknowledging the horrors? Now, how graphic do you go? If you really want to say we ought to have kids in kindergarten, pre-K, first grade, and we ought to show some of the most horrible things, I would ask you, we wouldn't do that with other horrors, would we? And why don't we do that? It's not age appropriate to those children. That's why. We're not singling out race. At least anybody who's not a maniac would not do that to young children. You do it in an age-appropriate way. So what are, and Dan, I'll come to you in a second here if you want to get a thought on this. What are some of the things? I told you today is the anniversary. I don't know if it was 1963 or 62. I should have that in front of me. Are these heroes who sat in at the Woolworth uh, lunch counter, whites only, in the South, and I believe uh, North Carolina. Okay. Yes, age-appropriate. You can talk about them. You can even talk about how they were attacked for that, what heroes they were, and other things that happened. And the punchline, the other side wants to leave out in Black History Month, show the contrast. Show how America evolved on race. That how America gets it right. That America continues to tweak what needs to be tweaked. That's the real story, not the big lie. So I would reference, if I were teaching a high school course, what happened at the Woolworths lunch counter. I would reference what happened in the Tulsa, the attack in Tulsa that we've talked about before that wasn't emphasized maybe in many of the years uh, that we went to school. I know that when I went to St. John Newman, we knew about slavery. Slavery was talked about. It wasn't glossed over. We knew about what happened with that. Now, can you add finer points to that? I'm all on board. As long as when the kid comes out of that high school career and if asked the question, did horrible things happen, but is America still a racist country? They answer affirmatively, no, it is not. It's evolved from those horrors. Dan, what would you throw in there? Is there a specific you think should be emphasized? There are times when I, and this sounds corny because I, right. I should, full context, before I started doing this show, I was a fan of yours. I would listen. And there are times where I just sit back and listen and sink in what you're saying. And that's, today's one of those moments because what you're saying here, I think, is a great example. It's a perfect example of what conservatives think about race right now. It's not, it's not like we want to cancel, you know, racial relations of the past or teaching the great information, Rosa Parks, or the fantastic stuff that the, the black movement have done in the past. There, there's no way that that's going to be canceled at all. It's, it's what you're saying here. It's the, the, the new style of quote, anti-racism and all, all this, it, it, uh, you know, grouping kids in classrooms based on their race and saying who's uh you know the victim and who's the oppressor like th this is not the way to approach race i i've always learned the way of martin luther king of you know you, you judge people based on their character not on their skin color and, and now it's being completely flipped on that the head and i i just man i i i don't know if that's healthy for society and i think that's what a lot of conservatives share is what you're saying here and it's not it, no way is it uh you know let's let's not talk about race i think it's very important to talk about race and to point out our differences but to use that as the only qualifier in how we approach life i, I don't think that's right 
Yeah, Dr. Elena Fishbein, who we're both big admirers of. We kind of discovered her, gave her a platform. She's national now here locally in Gladwin. She started all this uh, when her children were in fourth grade or so in Gladwin, and, and this was uncomfortable to the extreme, and they came home and told her, the white kids, the oppressor, we're going through all this stuff. What kind of person would do that toward what point? It's agenda. It's what you said. Anti-racism is more racism. Ibram Kendi, one of the biggest guys that made the most bucks off this. So it is the big lie that a teacher can't talk about those things. That's just not true in Florida or anywhere else. The problem is, and I hope Dan and I have kind of illustrated it, the very things we've talked about under so-called critical race theory. It's an unfortunate term. It's not exactly critical race theory like they do in law school or at doctorate levels, but it's a watered-down version of that. That's what goes on. So this month, you're going to see more and more of these broadsides still trying to drive us toward that. Kendi has said, and he doesn't get challenged, he's had students tell him, he teaches at Boston University, they never heard about slavery in high school. Now, what, what school in America, what, what are we talking about? How big of a lie can you put out there? that we never heard about slavery. Now, I think in Dan's experience, maybe his generation, I know mine over the course of doing talk radio, I've seen more and more either films or accounts, detailed things that are much more graphic about how far this went and the things that happened, okay? We have seen, sadly, Nikki Haley choke when asked for God knows what reason, what the Civil War was about, how it started and not say slavery, is it? There are other factors. Yeah, but that's what it was. So those things are happening. But to say you can't teach about this is just false. This woman might actually believe it, by the way. You know, she may believe that in her heart. That's She's been in circles that have told her that. But I hope at least, I'd rather have, we're talking about snakes today. I'd rather have snakes that know they're lying about this pretty much rather than people that could be that ignorant, that the average school, say where we are, say in the Philadelphia suburbs, let alone Philadelphia, is certainly able to and is teaching these things. No, they don't want it to be about that. The tell is they want to say that America still is a racist country. And I think about white guys like the Kennedys and Biden. Why are they in charge then? Why do they have to be president? Why not let Kamala Harris be president then? That's what you want to do with every other white male that's out there. You ought to do the same thing. All right, phone lines are 855-839-1210. Great side question today that Dan found, National Serpent Day. Somebody who's serpent-like, somebody who is deceitful. Uh, That's what we're uh, looking for. We'll have Scott Presler here at 2 o'clock. He's going to be in town, I think, this afternoon. On Walnut Street, you can imagine, sign sign a petition for President Trump, you know, that you have to have a certain number of signatures to be on the ballot. I think he's trying to roll up millions of them, to be honest, uh, Presler. And he'll be out in media tonight. And Guy Shiraki hitting us with tremendous news. I can't say more. I know more. Maybe on Monday we can fully reveal million-dollar efforts by people that know what they're doing not inside the party, different operatives that are well-funded, coming to Pennsylvania, all-out mail-in ballot. 
And you heard what he said. They could beat us two to one or two and a half to one in mail-in ballots, and we will win. They can't beat us, though. Poor uh, Carluccio, the woman who was extremely qualified to be in the Supreme Court, she's down 460,000 votes in the mail-in ballot before a shot is fired on Election Day. You just can't have that. So if the parties aren't going to do it, I'm thrilled to be somebody inside this that sees these different groups that are overwhelming Pennsylvania, and they're not going to let them beat us just with mail-in ballots. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at HERO.CO. Dom Giordano Show. Welcome in. 855-839-1210. You can uh, get on board. So Black History Month. I got something, an executive order coming from President Biden today that we're going to sanction settlers, Israeli settlers on the West Bank. I'm not sure what those settlers may have been doing, but it coincides with the fact that Biden is headed to Michigan and various Arabic groups. Arab-American groups, Tlaib groups, and others in Michigan are going after him. And he dreads this, and he dreads the fact that he's getting pressure, that he's been too pro-Israel and all the Gaza stuff. Here we go again. So he's looking for any way. He's floating ideas about 
They're going to propose a two-state solution. We're going to give a two-state solution to a murderous group who, even though apparently having Gaza and apparently hemmed in because of the security necessity of it, still was able to break through and savagely not only murder people, innocent people, but the tortures, the carnage of this as an act of war, not as an outlier. And Biden today wants to sanction settlers, Israeli settlers, on the West Bank. They were going to reach out and do that. Now, I'm not sure what they've allegedly done or not with Palestinians and all that to show that he's even handed here. Okay, and I'm not condoning violence on innocent people at all. All that I know is he's feeling the heat here and he's feeling it particularly in Michigan because of uh, substantial numbers of apparently Arab-American voters who um, are thinking the atrocities in Gaza. Now, Israel's doing exactly the right thing here as far as uh, they're not going to be told, well, you really can't get rid of Hamas. They're going to do their best to try to do that. And the, uh, the, the uh, crew, the, the um, squad, a number of them voted not to expel uh, people that are here illegally and are supporting Hamas. I mean, it's just an endless, endless cycle of this stuff. So watch for that today, the executive order by President Biden today. Uh, Let me go to Mark in Philly here on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Mark. Wow, first off the bat, how about that? How's it going, guys? Good, Mark. Hey, so got a question. I love your show. I listen to it every day. I'm slight right when it comes to politics. Now, I got a question. When you talk about racism, is it strictly white against black, or is it like all, all races are up for grabs? Well, sure. It's of course, Racism is just racism. It doesn't have a color, of course. All right. If that's the case, then America is the melting pot for racism. And let me explain why. People that come over here hate us just like some hate the people that come over here. And I'll give you an example. I was at a Home Depot not too long ago, and I was getting I was getting stuff. I left my cart, and this and I saw this. I'm not going to say what country, but they came over and she grabbed the car and like, excuse me, that's my cart. And she went to take it. I'm like, excuse me, I, I and I had some in my hand. So she left and got her husband. Her husband came in and started yelling at me like, you took that car from my wife. And then he has the courage to call me white trash because I was gardening that day and I was dirty. So racism is not going away here. I mean, it, it's, it's well, sad. Well, wait, wait, but, wait a minute, though. But wait a minute, though. These are uh, incidents with individuals. We're talking when we're talking about racism, we're talking about uh-huh. either a governmental policy, a law um, or somebody in authority that is discriminating against you, blocking your progress, doing something that is illegal. That's that's the measuring stick, not individual acts of racism. Uh, so we're not talking about civilian against civilian. No, I mean, if that happens, uh, sure, okay. sure. But there's always going to be. But even that, I would say, when, when you right. look at uh, 30, 40, 50 years ago, an incident like that could have had people on both sides uh, gone to arms in one way or another. And it doesn't happen and, today. And I remember growing up and like, we're wondering why like the older people always like came at like certain races. Mm-hmm. Like I grew, I grew up Polish. So Dan probably understands this. But when I was growing up, like I had old people call me Polak. 
And I'm well, like, <laughs> and it was like normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, I was like, when these when these people when we get older, these guys will die off, and then everything will be good. But that's not the case. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Mark. Thanks for the call. Yeah, we're, we're talking. I've called a meathead a couple times in my life, though. Okay, oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't, Thanks, Arch. I don't remember being called things uh, anti-Italian too much to, uh, you know, that I've ever paid attention to it, Dan, in any way, shape, or form. I can't In, like, say a serious it. manner? You don't, you don't no, I, I can't remember. Yeah, and if it was, it's like, you know, is that the best you got? You know, I mean, it's not. Yeah. I don't be one of those guys, and I know you're not, too, versus what people faced. And for my money, the reason I let off with it and talked about President Trump, the people that had it the hardest, other than people brought here in slavery, right, things of that nature, among the ethnic groups, were the Irish. Irish may not apply, indentured servitude, those kinds of things. So how in the world does the head of the Teamsters then say he opposes what Trump said to the Teamsters yesterday about the border, saying we all came here from other countries, our people... that. You know, he essentially said the Irish ought to know even better than anybody because of what happened to them. I just think it's offensive to anybody Irish to compare what happened to their ancestors to what we're seeing today. It's a completely different thing. So I can't complain. I mean, I don't have a dog in that fight. The only thing I would say is this. It still seems that um, we we haven't seen a Polish-American candidate you know, we haven't seen an Italian-American candidate, Giuliani Rand, that was about the highest in some regard, that gets to the presidency. But we have seen an African-American candidate in Obama. We've seen two Catholics now become president. Well, Catholic in name only, both of them, I think, Kennedy and Biden. So, you know, is there something there that's blocking that? I don't think so, per se. You just need to have enough people rise to enough of a level, then one of them will break through. I, I don't think there's bias now with women. Yeah, some of the polling indicates. In other words, it doesn't do you any favor, Nikki Haley, Hillary Clinton, to dwell on a percentage of people there that might be biased against you. All it's going to do is make you look like you're whining about it, really. Not going to get you more votes. That's what's going to happen. So... <laughs> We're talking about institutionally here, though, that it's an even playing field. Now, does that mean there are not gaps there in different times? Yes, it does. We get that. There is no doubt. But America is not a racist country. It's evolved is the message that I would have in school. And it's fine to explore the horrors of slavery, et cetera, and to see them as an historical fact. That's what you ought to be doing. Okay, it's 855-839-1210. Dan Time with Dom uh, coming up. A lot more of your calls, people starting to think, who are the people that are, uh, well, let me take one or two before Dan Time. Let's go to uh, Joe in Devon here on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Joe, afternoon. Thanks for the wait. Who's your snake-like, who's your snake-like person? Um, It was the the god of mischief, Loki. Loki. Thor's brother. Help me yeah, out here, Loki. Dan. It's a great... Yeah, no, Loki's a huge character on Marvel. Everything Disney right now, okay. there's all series based around Loki. Yeah, yeah. Thor's okay. brother from uh, Marvel, the Marvel Universe. Okay. Great answer, man. Right. You, you can tell when he's uh, being deceitful because his lips move. <laughs> it's very true. Well, he put, look yeah, like many politicians, same thing. 
Uh, Robert and Ben Salem, Talk Radio 12. Dan. Hey, Robert, what do you have today? Hi, Tom, Dan. It's good to talk to you guys today. Um, I, I have to hearken back to the Republican leadership or the Scottish nobles and Braveheart and guys like Scott Pressler and Guy Shiraki and the foot soldiers out there doing their jobs are Braveheart. You know what? That's that is a perfect analogy. And if there's anybody who is Robert the Bruce that might be able to come over to the right side, I'm trying to think who that is. That's exact. But they're not getting in the way, Robert. Let me put the spin on it. You know what I mean? And when you hear, yeah. I can't say yet, but when you hear, I think on Monday or Tuesday, when they announce who it is that's doing it and behind it, you're going to go, wow, I'm feeling pretty encouraged that these people have won and done what they're doing. It's awful that we need Braveheart, though, to come here versus the nobles. I, I hear you, man. But um, I think it's going to wind up well. And and in the words of um, William Wallace, I'm tired of these clowns fighting over the scraps from Biden's table. <laughs> but I'll stop. <laughs> well, I, wait a minute. Um, I, I'm thinking of Vince Fennerty, Dan, as one of the nobles in Braveheart. And I'm thinking about the, the story about the uh, incident that happened in the Senate chamber. And the first thing that popped into my head was, now there's a new definition for filibuster. <laughs> and I'll leave that one right, right there. Right. I'm going to channel Joe from Exton a little bit, and I'm going to go outside the box. My answer are the sirens from Greek mythology. Half ah. women, half bird, very beautiful, beautiful voices, so beautiful that ships went off course and crashed on the rocks. Sailors jumped off ships to sail in, and if they made it, or to swim in, and if they made it in, they were consumed. So I'm going to go with that. Oh, boy, that is out. a solid answer. They're running a strange program, y'all. It's Dan time. I can handle things. I'm smart. I'm like everybody's safe. With Dom. That's right. It's that time of the afternoon that producer Dan takes over the Dom Giordano program for some Dan time with Dom. And uh, Dom, uh, I'm very upset that I'm not there eating that fake pizza. I'm sure it's probably gone by now with the uh, way uh, vultures no, no. work I, over I, at the station. No, I have it under lock and key. Jim got a piece. Roa gets a piece. And I'll have several. One for you and Maisie. Even. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. Yes. What, a, what a sweet thing from Leslie, though. What a great great listener and uh, really getting on that list for you know that fan of uh, the uh, caller of the year 2024 huh <laughs> yeah start, Earl, you better drop over uh crab cakes from <laughs> captain chucky's and every other item on the menu hey so dom uh, if you were wondering what the young people thought of this whole uh, situation with gender playing out and the politics behind it connecticut had a state mandated tampon dispenser that was to go out to high schools and within 20 minutes 20 minutes, Dom. Boys ripped it down. So I, I, I don't know if they support this. It's kind of I, – I, is it childish to do that? The, one, one of the administrators said that I'm aware that the law says men's bathroom, but the actions today that led to vandalism and destruction of property were the work of immature boys, not men. Your thoughts, Dom? Yeah, I'm never going to condone, Dan, uh, because I taught high school, and, you know, I'm a little bit skeptical, even when we've had walkouts here of kids that I agree with. That they're just being kind of immature. It's a gag versus they're outraged that they put the tampon thing in there. But why do they need tampons in them? Well, right, I agree. So what they ought to do, though, is if they're really outraged by it, maybe they ought to, uh, you know, push back in constructive ways inside the school 
and push back on the administrators, et cetera, rather than tearing it down from the wall. What, you don't mean vandalize property and, yeah. you know, throw <laughs> tampons all over the ground? Yeah, I see. Yeah, you know, I can you imagine them with tampons, these guys? Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so also in the world of high school news, Dom, a uh, mom was banned from picking up and dropping off her kids in Central Florida at a private Christian school because plastered on the back of her uh, big Dodge SUV was a link to her OnlyFans page, Dom. And if you don't know what OnlyFans yes. is, it's an amateur pornography website. Uh, so do you think that's fair that she was banned from picking up and dropping off her kids because of this essentially pornographic advertisement on the back of her vehicle? Yeah, it's a Christian school. They have a right yeah. to make something like that. I see their point. Yeah, that's pretty blatant. Yeah. Not the end of the world and if they allow it or not, but if they want to and they want to say it's out of bounds here, I think they have the right short. And finally, in the world of what the heck's going on in 2024, GOP Congressman Richard McCormick is uh, in a little bit of hot water after he uh, admitted to doing some pull-ups on a metal structure at the top of the U.S. Capitol Dome with some of his staffers, Dom, the Republican congressman, uh, having to answer some questions about it. But uh, doing a workout with his friends, I got to ask if you had the opportunity for a bucket list moment of doing pull-ups on the top of the Capitol Dome, would you take it? No, I'm not, you know, because I don't want to destroy anything. I have to say this, though, Dan. I have a thing. My fitness goal for 2024 is actually to be able to do a legit pull-up. The gym I'm at, I don't know, it's like seven <laughs> or eight, eight feet high. You know what I mean? I have to do it with the, the aid thing there to be able to. I love the pull-up exercise, so I feel for that guy. How about you, Dan? You going to do any pull-ups in 2024? I... I feared the time of the year that the presidential fitness test would come around because I knew it was that time of the year that I would have to embarrass myself and my complete lack of upper body strength in front of all my middle school and high school friends. Oh, I don't man. think there's been a time my entire life, even when I was like uh, younger, I don't think I've ever been able to do a chin-up uh, or, or a pull-up of okay. any degree. I love yeah, I've never been able to touch my toes either, though. So maybe right. I'm just like remarkably unfit. All right, a guy who is fit, Scott Presler, is in the on-deck circle. He's coming to Philadelphia. In Philadelphia today and tonight, he'll be in media. We'll break down what he sees happening here with all this push in Pennsylvania. And Vince Fennerty, head of the Republican Party in Philadelphia, would be a great Scottish nobleman in Braveheart. There you go, Vince. Dom Giordano, weekdays noon till 3, from Talk Radio 1210, WPHD. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024.